Hey guys, welcome to my channel, Perspective with Kate. Before I begin, I just want to let you guys know my intentions behind these podcasts. I'm here to educate you guys. I'm here to give you guys a new perspective. I'm here to give you guys a chance to hear different opinions, different sides of the stories, and help you form your own opinion. You know, I'm never here to shove my opinion down your throat, although I will let you know how I feel about certain things, but ultimately, I want you guys um, to come to that conclusion yourselves. I wanted to switch it up this week and talk about a case that actually was a victory for once. Today, we're going to talk about the crazy case of Juan Catalan. Just to give you a little background of Juan's life, he was born in Los Angeles, California in 1978. And growing up, you know, gangs were kind of running their block, I guess you can say. And his older brother started hanging out with the wrong crowd and started stealing things like radios and soon moved on to stealing cars. And Juan looked up to his older brother and he soon followed in his footsteps. And he actually ended up going to jail after stealing a car, but he swore that this would be his first and last trip to jail. He had a terrifying experience while he was in jail. Now let's fast forward to August 12th, 2003. Around 7 a.m., Juan and his girlfriend pull up to his dad's machine shop where he worked when a bunch of black SUVs surrounded him and pulled him out of his car. They slam him to the ground and they bring him to jail to, for questioning. They took him into custody and they start telling him that he's in custody for a murder. Show him a paper with a few pictures on it and one with his face circled and they claimed that the witness had put him at the murder scene and they also told him that the witness positively identified him as the murder which they actually had not and they ended up charging him with the murder of 16 year old Martha Puebla. According to police reports, Martha was at her home and had come outside to talk to a few friends around 10 o'clock p.m. Her and her friends spot a Chevy Malibu driving up to her home really slowly. The person who was driving the car got out of the car, went up to Martha. As the person is walking up to her, the witness claims she says, Hey, it's Martha. You remember me? I remember you. And the person said, No, you don't, and shot her in the head twice. This witness is the only witness in the case, and he dropped his cell phone and ran as fast as he could. The police track him down and he gives a sketch of the person who shot Martha. Now, the sketch does look similar to Juan, but in 2003, a lot of people had the style of the mustache that he did. Um, they had the shaven heads, the clothing that he was wearing, um, but they still were you know, dead set on that this was Juan. Martha Puebla had actually testified against Juan's brother in a separate case prior. It put Juan's brother away from murder. Juan's brother was in the gang and apparently Martha had witnessed it, but she actually said that she couldn't point out the shooter because she didn't see their face. And Juan's brother ended up in jail and the prosecutor tried to tie 
that case together with Juan's case and claimed that Juan wanted revenge because Martha played a part in putting his brother into jail. Now, the prosecutor that was assigned to this case, she had never lost a murder case in her entire career. Her nickname was Sniper and she was known for slapping the death penalty on cases whenever she could. And that's exactly what she did to this case with Juan. Now, a lot of prosecutors, when they have this standard um, of not losing, you know, they've never lost a murder case, a lot of times, sadly, these prosecutors, all they want to do is win their case. That is all that matters. They want to keep that streak going and they don't care who they're putting in a jail. They just want to keep their streak. They will frame or claim anyone and everyone did this just to win their case. Juan's defense attorney was Todd Melnick, and he looks at the facts of the case and he says that he has a gut feeling that Juan did not do this and he was going to do everything he could to get him out, especially since the death penalty was on the table. So Juan says that on May 12th, he was at a Dodgers game. He says that he bought his mom tickets as a Mother's Day gift and he tried to use this gift as just as an excuse to go to the game. His mother was appreciative but declined it, so he ended up taking his daughter, his cousin Miguel, and a good friend Ruben with him. Todd gathers the tickets. He visits Dodger Stadium to look at the seats that Juan says he was sitting in. They track down season ticket holders and anyone that was sitting around him to prove that Juan was at the game. And they questioned people, but none of them were comfortable enough to testify. So Todd then checks the Dodger video playback footage of the 40,000 people that were there. And he is searching for any evidence of Juan being there. He knew exactly where to look since he knew the seat numbers. And he actually did find footage of Juan on the camera. But the resolution wasn't high enough to bring to the courtroom to prove that it was actually Juan. So Todd and Juan are brainstorming and, you know, Todd's asking Juan, do you remember anything that stood out of the game, anything that was different? And Juan remembers something odd that took place at the Dodger game, and this was the filming of a show. He says he remembered a lot of security being near the person, a film crew surrounding him, and he thought that it was very odd because he had been to dozens of games before and he had never seen anyone film there before, so he took notice to it. And this was the HBO show Curb Your Enthusiasm, which starred Larry David, the creator of Seinfeld. So Todd calls the media company and he asks to go through the footage. And at first, they did not want to release any footage before it aired. So they told Todd that he'd have to wait until it released. So Todd further explains that, you know, this is a murder investigation and, you know, time is of the essence and we really need to look at this footage. And the crew goes to Larry David and tells him what's going on. And Larry tells Todd to come down immediately to the studio and he'd help him get whatever he needed. And this was a huge victory for this case. So Todd goes to the studio and he sees that they actually shot the episode in two different sections. And ironically, by the grace of God, one of them was in one section. And coincidentally, Juan's daughter wanted some ice cream, so he takes her to the concession stand and buys her ice cream. And when they come back down the aisle to sit back down, there was a camera crew in the aisle with Larry David filming. The camera crew was trying to hold back as many people as they could because they were trying to get the perfect, you know, the perfect shot. But they really couldn't hold them for long because these were 
paying customers and it was a real game so they couldn't stop them. One of the crew members had stopped Juan for a few seconds from going back to his seat so that he wouldn't be in the shot. But then all of a sudden he said, you know what, just go ahead and go. And at that very moment, Larry is walking back up the aisle and Juan and his daughter are returning to their seats at the same time. And it is all caught on tape. Todd continues to look through the footage and Juan is actually seen on two more clips of the film. Now, this proved that he was at the game, but now they had to prove that he was at the game the entire time because the DA was saying that just because the tapes proved that he was at the game doesn't mean he stayed the entire time. The last clip that Juan was on was at 9.15 p.m., and this was proven by the film crew's timestamp, and the murder took place at about 10.42 p.m., at 10.11 p.m., Juan's girlfriend calls him and asks how much longer he'll be at the game, and he tells her that they were actually walking out of the stadium. So Todd then starts looking into which cell phone tower was near the stadium, and he finds the one that Juan's cell phone pinged off of, and that tower had a radius of one mile, which the stadium was in a mile of. So that proved that there was no way that he could make it from the stadium to the house of Martha Pueblo in that amount of time. And the judge looked at all this evidence and listened to the interrogation and decided that the detectives were wrongfully questioning him and she ended up letting Juan walk because of all the evidence by a long shot proved that he was innocent. He spent six months in jail with the death penalty hanging over his head. And all the detectives that were on the case admitted to wrongful interrogation and were let go. And Juan was actually granted $320,000 for a wrongful conviction from Los Angeles. And some of that time in maximum security, supermax. Yes, yes. I felt like I didn't sleep for six months. Or eat. Because there was just so many, so much going on. Because you were so on edge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, I'd never seen so many people uh, just, you know, beaten, you know. When you hear a grown man, you know, cry for help, I mean, and you're, like, helpless, it, it, it's a feeling like, man, just of, of complete, you know, lack of, oh, just, like, of no hope. There, There's, like, in there, it's just, like, you know, that's supposed to re- rehabilitate a person? No, not in my mind. I mean, that just, you know, destroys a person in there. You know, to, so, so you're sitting in that cell hearing that stuff. Yeah. And thinking, I might be in here for another 25 years, best case. Yeah. No, I mean, that was, you know, also a, a horrible thought. But, you know, I, I my thought was, I, am I going to die in here? Like... And they eventually connect Martha's death to the gang relation, and she had witnessed the gang's wrongdoing, and they found out that she was cooperating with the police, so they killed her. The four men who were involved in her killing are in prison for life without parole. And I just can't help but wonder what would have happened to Juan if he actually didn't go to that Dodger game. Would he still be in jail? Would he be on death row? Would they have killed him already? I mean, you can't help but wonder, you know, they were so dead set on Juan being the killer and the DA was so dead set on winning her case that 
In my opinion, it really didn't matter who she was pinning it on as long as she had a suspect and as long as she won her case. And sadly, this happens often. Like the Netflix show, the title, by a long shot, by the evidence proven that Juan walked away from this case, a free man. And I can't help but wonder how many other cases or how many other people are sitting in jail for something they did not do. As always, I have some information linked in my bio um, and I have the documentary linked as well where you can watch the long shot on Netflix that goes way more in depth of this story. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll see you guys next time.